Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E. And today we are talking about fights. We are talking about two events that happened when two, um, one is the Battle of the Titans, two Colossus figures going at it. The other is a real life fight that happened between a uh, legitimate fighter and a YouTuber. Both of them, however, are in the same realm of BS and joking entertainment. So we're going to get into it. That's right. First off, we're going to be doing. The, I'm going to be doing a review of a movie I waited for a long time for. Anybody that knows me and you guys know me, I am a huge uh, Godzilla fan. I love kaiju movies. I love the Toho movies, and I love Kong movies. I love this these these movies and these ideas and stories of these giant monsters and beasts just fighting. And last month we had the debut of the long-awaited Kong versus Godzilla. Since King Kong, uh, Legendary Pictures, Warner Brothers acquired the rights for all this, we have had two Godzilla movies leading up to this, and we had a Kong film leading up to this, The Battle of the Titans, the immovable force meeting the, the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. Uh, we've had, you know, the, the, the thing that has not happened since the, what, 50s, 70s, around that, and this is the first time we're going to see it with the new CG and this movie was supposed to come out last year. COVID hit, put the kibosh on most movies uh, happening, and it finally happened. It dropped. How do we feel about it? Well, it was mixed. It it was mixed. It, it was met with mixed reactions. Some loved it. Some hated it. Um, we still got the complaints that for some reason the characters, the the human aspect, people were arguing that they didn't have you know, enough story arc or that they didn't have enough backstory for their characters. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, guys. No one goes to these films to see the humans. We don't care about the humans. For all we care, they could all be stepped on and squashed. They're just there to move the plot to get us to giant lizard fighting giant monkey. That's what we're there for. I know the gorilla is an ape, not a monkey. Don't at me, okay? We we know I know the deal, okay? I'm just using it as a reference, but people were complaining about that story arc. You got the returning Millie Bobby Brown, which they were going to use because it's Millie Bobby Brown. She is one of the hottest young actresses in you know Hollywood. Stranger Things blew her up, and if you got the girl from Stranger Things, you're just not going to not use her. You got a bunch of other people in this film. Some you kind of recognize, but nobody really to. Uh, just big names, you know, you didn't have your Samuel Jacksons or even your John Goodmans or Brian Cranston's in this. No offense to anybody that was on this in this movie. It's just, you know, legitimately, it, it, you weren't the huge stars that a lot of people were going to just know right off the bat. You might have seen them, but we're not going to know your names right off the bat, or at least I didn't. I just don't know your face. We did get uh, Fire Fist from Deadpool 2 as Millie Bobby Brown's uh, friend who... I kind of thought it was going to be the thing where he had a crush on her and was trying to, you know, baby, basically woo her. Really, it wasn't that point. But we're going to deep dive into the story a little bit before I tell you a little bit about it. This movie's not perfect. 
Um, it's not, was never going to be, this is not an Oscar worthy film. This is not the film that you're going to be like, yep, that should win best picture. This was just, you know, two giant Titans fighting. That's what this was about. This was about action. This was about brawling. We're going to get into some cons before I get into the pros of what I like. The story with the humans really doesn't make sense. I, I give people that, um, you have Millie Bobby Brown's a fan of a podcaster who's trying to infiltrate, uh, Apex and find out, you know, what their secrets they're holding. He's a conspiracy theorist. Uh, she finds him rather easy for him to be a conspiracy theorist podcaster and who tries to hide himself. He bathes in bleach for some reason. And that's what leads to this. Um, he works for Apex. He, Apex, he's going to find out the secrets that day. And that's when Godzilla attacks the Apex system, which we'll learn later why he attacks, but it doesn't, he, he doesn't figure it out. Um, Millie Bobby Brown and her friend, we're going to call him Fire Fist because I can't pronounce his name correctly and I don't want to upset him. He's, he's good in this role. Like everybody does their part in this film. Um, but again, the story arc of teenagers at a podcaster breaking into a multi-billion dollar secret laboratory, you know, from our company is just, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, how they end up saving the day is ridiculous. I get all that. We get another story of them, people going into the um, Hollow Earth, which we did get the Hollow Earth theory brought up in Godzilla, um, King of Monsters. So people like that were complaining about, you know, why did we jump from Godzilla? The, and Godzilla in the, the first of this franchise, Godzilla, was a dark, uh, kind of like Aliens. In the sense that, you know, you didn't get to see Godzilla right off the bat. You know, you got glimpses of him before you actually got to see him. It was a completely different tone from where we're at. However, this progressed with, you know, I think it's leading to something else. We'll see technology kind of did make a quick jump. But, you know, that's kind of what things do. And it's kind of what the government does. But the Hollow Earth, they figure out that the Hollow Earth is where all these uh, kaijus come from. Where all these titans come from as they like to call them and you know that that they're all leading to that um we find out that kong has been in skull island this whole time he's now bigger he's got scars on his face he's got years of battle and we also find out that he's in a protective bubble he's in a dome they're they're protecting kong why they never really explain it um they just keep saying that you know there can't be two alphas we do get glimpses and hear of the fact that Godzilla and Kong's ancestors have fought before, and maybe that's why, you know, they were they were mortal enemies. They battled for the alpha of the entire group, and that this is, you know, why they're hiding it so Godzilla doesn't attack him. It also would explain why Kong didn't follow the rest of the Titans into, you know, battle against um, King Ghidorah. But we find that he's there. He's also, everybody that was on the island had been wiped out by a flood, except for one girl who's deaf, who uses sign language to communicate with Kong, which people did have, people had an issue with that. I really didn't. She's there to move the plot along to be able to get Kong where they need to be. And, it, and Kong, in every, every movie Kong's ever been in, he always bonds with somebody, whether it's, you know, love, lust, whatever. He always has a bond with a human connection that kind of, triggers him kind of brings him back down humanizes him a bit and this is his arc this is what she's there for um godzilla is still being godzilla he's been gone for a while but he comes up and he starts wrecking things after he attacks apex they don't know why he's attacking apex we find out why he's attacking apex um apex has the skull of king Ghidorah. 
that we saw when he took one of the heads at the post-credit scene from the last King of Monsters. They took the skull. So we know now why he is because he's, he's feeling the brainwaves. They're up to something. We get that the, they're going to bring Kong to Hollow Earth to basically find an energy source that the Hollow Earth supposedly has. They bring Kong on a ship which right off the bat Godzilla goes in the water and they say that they're using a route that Godzilla doesn't come to. It's still stupid. It makes no sense. There's no reason for it. And take a boat to transport the one that he's going to attack. It makes zero sense. I get that. But now we're going to get into some of the good stuff. Okay. Because on this boat Godzilla attacks the boat and we get to see the first battle of Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla has the upper hand here as Kong is on a boat. He's tied down. Even when he breaks free, you know, he's on a boat. He's not on flat land. Godzilla can swim. Kong presumably can't. He doesn't have footing. But we do get that iconic shot of them at each other's faces, roaring at each other. And it gave me chills because it was just so cool to see this finally happening. Godzilla gets the upper hand in this. Um, as he does, he beats Kong in this. I mean, he's, you know... He's in his element, so he, he gets up, it's one nothing for Godzilla, and the ships all of a sudden play dead by making no sound, they turn everything off, Godzilla just kind of turns away and leaves. There again, there's a lot of plot holes in this book, guys, but come on, like, like what are you expecting out of this? It's not the greatest film, but, but it's, it's Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, then we get into it, they finally do the smarter thing, and they come, and, and in homage to the original... They put Kong in a net and carried by helicopters to Antarctica where he's going to meet in the center of, you know, go to the center of the earth, the hollow earth. Um, we get to see the little girl tell him that his family might be down there. So Kong books it for this drill, drilled out escapade, this cave going down to the hollow earth. Uh, people have tried to do this expedition before. We find out that one of the leaders of this expedition, his brother went. He died because when you hit the hollow earth, gravity inverts and human can't take it. They have these specialized ships that are apparently can defy gravity and can handle this. And so we put them into it. They follow Kong. When we get down there, we find out Kong looks like Skull Island. The, the Hollow Earth looked like Skull Island. Um, you know, it's bright, there's grass, there's trees, there's colorful, and there's beasts everywhere. And we get to see Kong go at it with two two giant bird-like creatures that attack him. Um, the humans end up shooting one to try to help save him as he's getting squeezed. Kong rips one of their heads off and proceeds to nom nom nom, chew on it, and throws it away. It's a cool little thing to just see him go at it. And he's in his element. He runs. He gets up to the top of a mountain. And as he goes to the top of a mountain, all of a sudden, he jumps into an upside-down mountain. And then he goes into a throne room that he he finally is able to find where his ancestors were. He goes in, and he sits on a throne. As the people are there, they land, they walk up, and they miss the opportunity to finally call him King Kong. He's sitting on a giant iron throne not an iron throne i'm sorry it is a rock throne but he is sitting on a throne and no one thinks to say hey oh my god it's king kong he finds an axe because he needs a weapon to be able to take well godzilla the axe is actually a tree that has been fastened to what looks like the one of the back plates of a godzilla ancestor it's radioactive um 
when he puts the axe down, it kind of brings up this power source. Godzilla, who's going to attack China, where Apex has their newest uh, creation that is drawing Godzilla there. Godzilla feels the energy, and he blasts a hole straight through the hollow earth. There's no inverting of gravity here. We know we get that. Kong comes up through it, and they have another battle. They, they battle. Kong gets the upper hand. Kong wins. So they're kind of 1-1. Then Godzilla proceeds to beat the brakes off of King Kong, blast him, Kong's laying there, Kong's dying, his heart's stopping, Godzilla has won. They want to prove that Godzilla is the superior beast here, Godzilla is murdering him in this, Godzilla has the upper hand in almost everything they do, you know, I mean, just me, that's how it is, I'm a bigger Godzilla fan anyway, and he has, you know, power blast, and he, he has all the strength, you just think he would have the upper hand, but we find out what Apex's entire system was about what they needed this energy source for because it is spoiler alert they have created their weapon to be able to take out godzilla and the rest of the titans if they were to attack and it is mecha godzilla now some people complained about how mecha godzilla looked i think he looked fucking awesome i think he looked cool um i would have done this a little differently than how it goes basically the skull of king Ghidorah is uh power powering Mechagodzilla, like it's connected in, so basically it's the computer that is running Mechagodzilla, and a la the um, Pacific Rim theory, a man has to sit in a chair, and basically as he puts on a helmet, he's the one that controls Mechagodzilla. As this is happening, when they get the new power source, and the power source is then uploaded through Wi-Fi to them for some reason, all of a sudden uh, it kills the guy that's in charge of Mechagodzilla, it, it fries his brain, and Mechagodzilla becomes online and basically becomes himself. Now, there's two different ways they could have done this. They didn't do either one, but this is my how I would have done it. Either you have it to where the guy is in control, and basically the power has just corrupted him, and he's like, I can finally kill Godzilla because he is the grandson or the son of the scientist that was killed in King of Monsters to save Godzilla, he is related to him, so basically you could say that his way of taking out Godzilla is he's going to go rogue and, you know, go evil with power to kill Godzilla, or they could have took the skull of King Ghidorah and basically implanted the brain inside of Mechagodzilla, you plant that brain in to have the computer control it, well when they bring that brain back online, all of a sudden the brain takes over and it is controlling Mechagodzilla, that's how I would have done it. That's how I think it would have been cooler to be done that way. They didn't go that route. That's what they get paid the big bucks for. Nobody's paying me to write a movie yet. Um, however, it does explain why Godzilla was attacking Apex. Everybody didn't understand why he attacked Apex. You know, for so long he had been without. He had, had there been no incidences with Godzilla. And then all of a sudden he attacks this, this compound. And why did it attack this compound? Well... He sensed the presence of Ghidorah's brain. He sensed them bringing it online. When he brought, when they powered it up and they brought it online, he sensed that, that telepathic power, I guess. He sensed it, and he's like, I must go destroy it, because as we know from the previous film, Godzilla is basically an alpha, and he's going to destroy anything that challenges his alpha. So when he felt the telekinetic energy of King Ghidorah's brain coming back, he's like, I've got to go destroy it. Well, Mechagodzilla is now rogue. He is destroying Tokyo. Excuse me, it's not Tokyo, it's China. They're destroying Beijing, I believe the city was. It's all 
lights and glittery and you know neons and it looks cool but it also looks a little it looks a little hokey but you know that is what it is so we get godzilla is fighting mecha godzilla mecha godzilla is getting the upper hand he needs help what are they going to do godzilla i mean king kong's dying they take the ship the guy puts it on his chest and blast him to basically resuscitate him to start his heart you know clear <clears throat> he shocked his heart back King Kong gets up, and they proceed to beat the brakes off of Mechagodzilla. They're teaming up. He's got his axe. He's hitting him. Godzilla is shooting the axe. He's charging the axe. And they finally they finally beat them. They beat Mechagodzilla. They look at each other, and they're basically like, you're cool with me. And they go their separate ways. Kong goes to Hollow Earth to live out his days until presumably his next film or when he's needed. Godzilla slinks back into the water to not be seen again. Uh, brought down is dumb they dump a flask full of whiskey that the podcaster had his wife gave him for a special occasion or before he dies they dump it onto the computer and it fries and short circuits the computer it's not going to happen like it does there's not enough water there wasn't enough liquid to do it however that's what it is so again the the con the human story the arcs of it it's not the the characters i don't give a damn about how they that they didn't give the characters enough backstory or whatever it's the fact that the way it went about would annoy me. However, if you were going into this and expecting anything other than two giant giants going at it, then I don't know what more you could want. I loved this film when the fight scenes, the fight scenes looked awesome. The um, incredible, you know, the, the CG looked great when they were fighting each other. We get a Martin Riggs uh, cameo. Not really a cameo, but an homage, I guess you would say. Kong's shoulder separated, and he Martin Riggs the damn shoulder back into place by just slamming it into a building to pop his shoulder back in, which I died out laughing as soon as it happened. We get a moment where I swear to God, I thought we were going to get a save Martha because they're just looking at each other and they're roaring, and they kind of just look at each other. And I'm like, if one of them says Martha, I'm done. I'm done. Because, you know, that's... That was the Batman v Superman thing. However, the film, while it's got a lot of flaws, it's a fun giant kaiju movie. I mean, you get two giant titans fighting each other in multiple scenes. The destruction's great. The CG looks good. You know, I don't know what more you can want. Is the film perfect? Hell no. Is it? Is it the greatest film? No. But it's enjoyable. Be you know, you don't you don't have to make this a a five star classic. You know, just enjoy it for what it is, and that's a a kaiju movie that people can watch and watch two giant titans battle each other and just enjoy the brawls and enjoy the fun that comes with that if you enjoyed you know godzilla if you enjoyed kong i think you'll enjoy this film it's it's not perfect but you know no godzilla film's ever going to be perfect you it's hard to get that character right because you have to integrate so much into it However, the fight scenes alone for me saved this film and just made it amazing because that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see giant fight, giant lizard. That's that's what I wanted, and that's what I got. Now, we're moving on to the second half of this podcast. Um, it's the return of one of your favorite, favorite segments, and that is... Okay, the boxing world has had very few stars come up. Okay, we're talking about legitimate fights. You know, Tyson Fury and Don, Deontay Wilder were the fight people wanted to see. They want to see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Um, you got Canelo Alvarez, you got Gan Ganny Golovkin, you got people like this that are moving the boxing world. 
Floyd Mayweather was, you know, somebody who people love to hate to watch. There has been a recent um, trend, I guess, of YouTubers and TikTokers and people getting into boxing. Logan Paul did it against KSI twice. And on those cards, his little brother Jake Paul was fighting. He fought KSI's brother, uh, Deji, DG, something. He fought him. Jake Paul then went on to fight an NBA, a former NBA player, uh, Nate Robinson. He slept Nate Robinson in a meme that people have tweeted, basically. And then Jake Paul has all of a sudden become Conor McGregor. He trolls people online. He thinks he's the greatest boxer that ever lived. He says he's no longer a YouTuber. He's a legitimate boxer, and that's what he's focusing on. And people are placating this dickwad. People are placating him. People are saying it. I will say this right off the bat before I get into it. He has some skills and technique. Yes, he does. He's been training. He's athletic. The, the kid is athletic. The, the, the dude's athletic. So, yes, he's, he, if he trains, he can actually do it. However, the fact is that he thinks he's a legitimate professional boxer. Yes, you've been paid. I guess you technically are a pro boxer. You've been paid to fight. But the fact that you are actually acting like you are one of the greatest. Conor McGregor is not giving him the time of day. Because why would he? McGregor's a legitimate fighter, and this guy has fought a YouTuber and a former NBA player with no boxing experience at all. But he keeps trolling McGregor. He's calling out anytime a boxer or anybody calls him out, he acts like, you know, that's not a big enough fight for me. He wants McGregor. McGregor's not biting. Um, ben Askren goes at him. If you know Ben Askren, you know how he is. If you don't know Funky Ben Askren, let me give you a little bit about Funky Ben Askren. He was a national wrestling champion in college, a Danny Hodge Award winner. Uh, the Danny Hodge Award winner, for those who aren't familiar with college wrestling, is the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy in college wrestling. He was an Olympic wrestling alternate. He was a former Bellator, undefeated Bellator welterweight champion and undefeated uh, 1FC welterweight champion. Got to the UFC, had a took a starching from Robbie Lawler, won the fight, and then got starts with a... Very lucky knee by Jorge Masvidal in a fight that became a huge meme. Retired, Hedry, and is spending his time uh, out with coaching kids and wrestling and being the wrestling coach at Duke Rufus's MMA Center. Now, he's an athletic, he's a wrestler, grappler, never was a striker. He even said he didn't like to get hit, so he just trained not to get hit. He didn't like it, didn't want to do it. He said he was too old when he started to get into it to learn how to be a defensive striker, so he just did what he did best. And he starts kind of going at it, Jake Paul, because, you know, Ben Askren's a troll, and he likes this aspect. So then Ben Askren proceeds to start calling out, I mean, uh, Jake Paul proceeds to start calling out Ben Askren, a person who's known not to be a striker. Ben Askren said, okay, I'll do it. Signs the fight. They're going to put him on Triller. It's going to be on pay-per-view. And so you have someone who's never, who's not a boxer taking on a guy who's been training boxing and, again, has has a little bit of skill. Now, everybody's saying Ben Askren's representing MMA, which he was, but everybody knew how this was going to turn out. The event itself was a joke. Snoop Dogg's on commentary. I can't stand Snoop Dogg on commentary. Um, he's biased and he's annoying he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, Oscar De La Hoya inebriated with substances that he didn't know what was going on. Pete Davidson was the host. Pete Davidson was playing both sides of the fence and didn't know what he was doing there. There was concerts. Um, Justin Bieber performed terribly. 
uh, forgot that he was supposed to do another song, left stage, came back out. Frank Mir boxed uh, Sean Cunningham, a former, you know, heavyweight champion, and went six rounds with him. He lost by unanimous decision. The fight wasn't exactly great, but Frank Mir, you know, did show up to try to re help represent MMA some, and he did a decent job at it. Um, then the main event comes, and in the first round, Ben Askren gets starched, uh, stands up, and seems like he's doing normally what a boxer would does, and the ref calls the fight. Now, people are saying it's fixed. I don't know if it's fixed. I have no clue. Uh, I thought the whole event was a joke. Because, I mean, if, if, it was, if he was legitimately knocked out, he got out of the ring and walked back smiling and laughing with his wife. Ben Askren, I don't blame you, dude. I don't, I don't blame you for any of this. Why? Because you got a payday. You, you said you made more money on this than you had fighting MMA, uh, so you got paid well, and you're going to go, you know, coach kids and you know do what you want to do and spend time with your family. I do. That's fine. I get it. But now they've created a monster with this Jake Paul idiot because he is now thinking because he's three and zero that he is you know just one of the baddest boxers on the planet. He's talking shit to everybody in MMA, um, and it's 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 becoming annoying. You know, him and Logan are both doing boxing. Logan's supposed to box Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match sometime later. And it's sad that I would say this, that Logan ends up being the one that's more respectful to the sport. Jake Paul is wants to be Conor McGregor so bad, it's not even funny. Um, even from his the weigh-ins when he did the stare-off with Ben to, for the photos, he did the Conor McGregor stance. Like, he's trolling online like Conor. He's trying to be Conor McGregor. Which, I, you know, there's worse people to do. Conor McGregor's made a very good living off of this. But the fact that this guy has won three fights against three non-boxers and is acting like he is one of the greatest boxers on the planet annoys the piss out of me, annoys the piss out of boxing fans and MMA fans because you're not fighting legitimate boxers. You're not fighting people who are strikers. You're fighting, you know, a retired NBA player who's in his 40s. You're fighting a YouTuber and you're fighting a guy who's a wrestler. And honestly, if I was Ben Askren, I'd have took him down. I'd have just took him down. I know you'd have lost the fight, but who cares at that point? Just prove to him. Because there's one point that annoyed me when they were doing a press conference and Ben Askren said something and Jake Paul goes, this is the fight game. You don't know what the fight game is, homie. You, you don't. Like, like you don't act like you're, you're the one that's in control. You're talking to a legitimate professional fighter he knows the fight game that's the reason you picked him is because he was a real professional fighter and you can say look i beat you know one of the best mma fighters get out of here yeah he wasn't a striker we all knew it even ben knew it ben took it for the payday ben took this for the payday i don't think ben ever thought he would win he's like okay i might win but it's like if i lose who cares i'm getting paid i don't i don't i don't hate ben asking for it i, I would have done the same thing but the fact that you're not fighting a boxer you know tyron woodley who can box, said he'd fight you. You're silent. You're quiet. Daniel Cormier, you're quiet. These people who are legit, you don't want to talk to them. You want Conor McGregor or you want to fight people with names that aren't boxers to pad your record. The people out there saying, well, you know, Tyson Fury, who's a heavyweight champion, when his first three fights, you didn't think he was fighting cans? You can call them cans, but he was fighting people that were, you know, had boxing training and could actually throw punches. They weren't putting in there with people who had been boxing for six months. That, that that just that wasn't how it worked. That's not how it works. Okay, that's usually not how it works. 
And I guarantee that any one of those people that he fought in his first three fights could start Jake, Jake Paul's ass right now. You know? Again, people say that it's jealousy for the Paul brothers. I'm not jealous of the Paul brothers. I'm not jealous of Jake Paul or what he's doing. He's making money. More power to him. I hate the fact that he's acting like he's saving boxing. I hate the fact that he's acting like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread when it comes to boxing or just in general. I hate his douchey attitude. I hate the fact that he ain't humble. You know, it, it's just always annoyed me. You got famous for doing, you know, bad skits on YouTube. And all of a sudden now you act like you're just the cream of the crop and your shit don't stink. All I'm asking for anybody, somebody, knock him out. I'd fight him. He wouldn't fight me. I'm not a big enough name. I know that. I'm not a big enough name for him. But somebody needs to humble him. Somebody needs to humble this dude. Bad. Because he's only going to get worse with every win. And he's picking and choosing. Which is, that's boxing. Boxing picks and choose. I get that. But he's picking and choosing people he knows he's going to beat. And people are allowing it. And people are placating him. Boxers. Fight a boxer. Fight a real boxer who has real skills, who's been boxing for more than six months. And then come talk to me. You've got power. You've got technique. You've been doing it for a while. You've got to have some technique. And you're athletic. I get that. I'll give the kid his respect on that aspect. But you're not a boxer. You're just a douche who got famous doing stupid stuff. And is now trying to legitimize himself and act like his shit don't stink and act like he's the baddest man on the planet. You're going to get knocked out. You're going to get hurt doing that. You're going to run into somebody who don't play that game. We'll just see how it goes. That event, though, was a joke. The entire event was a joke. But, and between the commentary, between the other fighters, the, the concerts with people, you know, I didn't want to pay 60 bucks for a concert, which that's legitimately what it ended up being, concerts with a boxing match. Triller is a, um, a joke of a promotion. Uh, Snoop Dogg's a part owner of Triller, so Snoop Dogg's a joke of a boxing promoter. And while Jake Paul's making this money fighting nobodies, you know, he's going to continue to do it until somebody humbles him. And that's what somebody needs to do is humble him. Somebody needs to humble him. Bad. I don't know who it's going to be because he won't fight a legitimate striker. Plenty of people called him out, and he won't, he won't talk to him. He's looking for a payday against easy opponents. So, I mean, I guess I can't hate him for that. But that's enough of that, guys. So, we're, we're just going to end it right there. I don't want to get too deep into it. I don't want to give him more attention than what he needs. Um, thank you all for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for clicking that subscribe button wherever you're at, leaving me a rating, a review, a comment. You guys are amazing. Follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. I'm on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. I am on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. You can follow me on Facebook at NerdPoolPodcast. Thank you all for the love and support. Um, thank you for letting me rage on you a little bit because I kind of know you guys like it. And thank you for listening to me as I talk about Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, you guys are awesome. So until next time, that's NerdPool. See ya.